right, they're passing, Robert's passing out the lesson this morning, but if, while you're waiting, if you don't have one, turn to Luke 15 this morning, Luke chapter 15, and uh, Richie, get to class, get to class, all right, Luke chapter 15, and uh, we're going we're gonna to look at something that I, you know, as a parent, uh, maybe you have uh, already had someone in your family that's been this way, uh, maybe, maybe in the days ahead, I pray that the, no one would ever have to deal with this. But I know that in the Word of God, the Bible gives us this passage in Luke chapter 15 about the, the son that oftentimes is called the prodigal son, all right? Now, many times people think this story is about the son. I personally think the emphasis should be more on the father than on the son. That's kind of what we're going to look at today as the lessons entitled For Parents of Prodigals. Now, again, I hope that nobody would have to ever have to deal with this. Uh, I studied this lesson earlier this week, and I, I told my wife, I said, we've been blessed. We have four children, and none of my children uh, have gone by the wayside or gone the way of the world, and I don't take that for granted. Uh, I know that that is God's blessing, and uh, I love my children. And, you know, even as a parent, when children do things they shouldn't do, and that we all make mistakes, but certainly we're going to see a great example this morning uh, in this passage dealing with a father. And as you look here this morning uh, in Luke chapter number 15, the, the passage begins in verse number 11. It says, And he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after... The younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, that's an interesting statement right there. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise, go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. He says, Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto, his said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and, bring, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now you look at this passage, this isn't one of those feel good about yourselves, or just one of these heartwarming stories. Uh, I, when I look at this passage, I see here a, a, a story of heartbreak. I see a story here of, that many Christians know all too well, and I think many times when we get familiar with a passage in the Bible, we just kind of 
uh, gloss over it. We really don't consider it. We really don't think about it. But here's what I see is that here's a, a father like many of us that maybe in his heart and mind thought, I've done the best I can to raise my child, to raise my son. And something along the way, when the father thought that he had prepared the son, much to his dismay, this son decides, I'm leaving home. Now, he didn't just leave home. He also left many of the things that he had been taught, uh, many of the things that his parents had, had shared with him and basically encouraged him. And if you're a parent and you have children, then you know the same is true, that we all try to help our children. Many of us as adults and as parents, here's what we do is we know that we've made many mistakes in our lives and what we want the most for our children is that they don't have to make the same mistakes that we ourselves made. And so here's a parent, a dad, a father that is, uh, when this son comes to him and, and demands of him and then takes it and leaves, here's a, here's a father that's confused. He's hurting. He's, and I think as parents, this is what we do. He's thinking, what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? Something happened. How could I not see this? Look, you know, it's not uncommon in homes that have multiple children that in that family with multiple children that maybe one of those children would be a prodigal, would be one that would wander away, that would go astray. And as a parent, many times we don't understand what happened. So what can a parent do in you, you think about this, and you can call it what you want. When I look at this son and I look at what he did, to me, it's a, it's a form of rebellion. When a child rebels against a, a parent and the upbringing that he's had, what can a parent do? What can a, what can a father or a mother do of a child like this? And so in the lesson, in the passage today, we're going to look at what I think is the selfishness of the son. But even more, I want you to look past his selfishness, and I want you to see today, and I think this is a great lesson for us, is to see the consistency of the father. Here's a parent that was consistent. Now, I know that even in this auditorium, there are homes represented in this auditorium that may not be a father and mother. It may be a single parent situation, but I think all of us need to understand how important it is and we've talked in the last couple of weeks in this series on, on having the right kind of home and making home work is to be consistent. When we are not consistent with our children, then, you know, oftentimes there's mixed signals that the children receive. Now, today's story helps us to see on the other side of it that even when a child would go astray, that we still need... And by the way, if there ever was a time to be consistent, it's even at that time. And I want you to see, first of all, the consistency because he stayed on the same porch. He stayed on the same porch. Look at verse number 20 of the passage. Here's what the Bible says. The son arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. There was dad. He had this, this son that had brought the hurt and the the grief and the pain into his life. But guess what? This father stayed faithful to God. And he stayed 
faithful to that which is true. Look, your child might decide to go a different direction, but look, God never changes. God's word never changes. The promises of God, God is always faithful. He is always true. And this father, no doubt he was, he was hurting, but he stayed on the same porch. He, he just maintained his walk with God. He had a son that had wandered, but guess what? He was still there at the same homestead. And when the son finally came to himself, guess what? He didn't think about, I wonder where I'm going to find my dad. His dad was right where he left him. And so look at the first thing I see here is I see the porch of faithfulness. I mean, you know, there's many great examples in the Bible. Uh, Stephen in the New Testament was a man that even up to the time that he was martyred for his faith in God, that Stephen was faithful. Paul was another one in the Bible. And I, look what Paul writes in the, the, first, uh, the final epistle that he wrote before he was martyred for the faith, 2 Timothy 1.12. Look at the verse, for, the, for this cause... He says, I, I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he, God, is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Now, I, I love Paul's attitude. Listen, Paul never waned in his faith. And you look at somebody's life that went through a lot of hurt, a lot of grief, a lot of pain. He, he never changed. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of great uh, examples, even in this life, uh, well, a man that was used instrumentally, you, I, I guess our only contact sometimes with the Salvation Army is at uh, Christmas time when you go into the store and somebody's standing out there with a kettle and the, and the bell, right? But uh, William Booth, who, who was the founder of the Salvation Army, uh, he, here's what he said. Uh, he was a man that was faithful, but he said these words, I have done... And in his late in years in his life, with all that he had done for God, he was losing his eyesight, his health was going. And here's what he said, I have done what I could for God and the people with my eyes. Now I will do what I can for God and the people without my eyes. Now, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that God will allow me to have my eyesight and my, my faculties while I'm, while I'm still on this earth. But, you know, I've heard of many that were... Uh, used instrumentally that maybe they lost their hearing, they lost their eyesight, they couldn't even talk maybe sometimes or walk, but they still were faithful. And look, when this son who had wandered away that it caused all this hurt, when he came to himself, guess what? He knew where dad was going to be. And he knew that dad was going to be on the porch of faithfulness. And when our faith is tested, it's, it's during those times that we really find out how committed we are. Remember the story about Abraham when God asked him to take his son up to the mountain? And, he, and the son said, Isaac said, we have the fire and we have the wood, but he says, where is the sacrifice? And remember how he took the knife in his hand, he raised it over his son, and he was going to take his son's life, and God said these words, now I know. You see, his faith was put to the test, but he was faithful to God. And it's during these times where we might have a child that would rebel. Listen, can I encourage you? Don't abandon your faith when life gets difficult. Stay with the things that, that God has, has shown you to be true. Look, cling to God during these times. When a child of a Christian parent rebels, here's what happens is parents, Christian parents, they begin to question their own convictions. 
parents sometimes think, well, you know, maybe my son wouldn't have left if I wouldn't have been so strict. If maybe I wouldn't have had all this that, that, that maybe I was kind of sharing with him and really encouraging him to live for God and read his Bible and, and, and to pray to God and all these types of things. And what we try to do is we're trying to do anything we can as a parent to bring them back. And one of the things we do is we begin to question our own convictions. Look, don't let your hurt and your grief place you into a spiritual drift. When you get to those times in your lives, here's again what you're going to do is you're going to begin to question what convictions that you have. Now you look at a great example in the Bible is Job. Job lost everything. I mean, even his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? What an encouraging wife, right? But, you know, Job said, look, he says, even though God's done all this, he says, yet will I not curse him. Job just stayed faithful. Look at Job 27, verse 6. My, my righteousness I hold fast and will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me so long as I live. Martin Luther said, where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved. Where the battle rages, you know, and God's going to give you times. Now, look, it's, it's not times that we relish, that we look forward to, but sometimes when a child would rebel, as, as we see here, this raging, battle raging, hey, it's during those times, even as a parent, that our loyalty to God is going to be proved. Look, changing your convictions for others, you know what it does? It reveals that we love others more than we love God. Let me say that again. If that child decides to go their own way, don't question your Bible convictions because what you're saying is, is that you love them more than you love God. And we have to understand that the thing to do is stay right with God. If a conviction was right before, it will always be right. God's word is true. And so we see here the absolute of God's word. Look at Acts 20. I love these verses here. I claim this uh, as, as my life's verse uh, none of these things move me, neither count I li my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace. And that's, that's my life's verse. Now, part of it is because it says that I might finish my course with joy. And that's literal there. But you know, I, look here. God put that on my heart years ago is I want to be a joyful Christian. And that means having the joy of the Lord even if a child decides to rebel against God. And so we see the son understood here that his father was on the porch of faithfulness. But look at the second thing I see about the father is the porch of blessing. Because look, if we are faithful to God, guess what's going to happen? God's going to bless. I tell people this all the time. God has always blessed faithfulness. And so we see this porch of blessing that God brought comfort. Look, the Bible doesn't tell us, but I just know this, that you can clearly see in this passage that this father, even though he was hurting and it was, had a lot of grief because of his son, that God had comforted him. He's the God of all comfort, the Bible says. And during this time, God was right there with him, encouraging him and caring for him. Uh, a defining characteristic of a prodigal is selfishness. That's what this son, he says, look, give me what's mine. He was a very selfish young man. But think about this. If you are waiting 
when you have a prodigal, if you're waiting for your wayward child to thank you as a parent for your stand for God, you're going to be waiting a long time. Many times because of their selfishness, they don't ever think about it. But look, when they come to themselves, when they get to that place, they start to think to themselves, hey, listen, I had a father, I had a mother that loved God. And, and I, I, I need to go back to where I was. As, as a parent, here's what we need to do is stay in love with God ourselves. The Bible says in Jude 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, folks, I know it's hard sometimes when you're hurting, when your heart's heavy, when a child rebels. Really, the only thing you can do is take it to the Lord. I mean, many parents have tried to go after a child and tried this and that. Sometimes they haven't even been able to find their child whenever they go astray. But what we need to do is, as it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him because he careth for you. And take it to the Lord and, and find that God can, can care for you during these times. Hey, you remember the passage where the Bible says that, that they talked about uh, taking David's life. You know what David did? The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. He couldn't find encouragement from anyone else. And when he was hurting and when he was going through a very difficult time in his life, David found his encouragement in God. You see, the father of this passage, this father of this son that rebelled against him, he must have known to encourage himself. I mean, how else could he and he be the way he was when his son came home. You know, he saw him. He ran to him. He threw his arms around him. He had compassion on him. He kissed him. He put a robe on, put a ring on. Listen, that, that's because God had been ministering to this father that was hurting. And so he, he must have prayed and he must have remembered the faithfulness of God. Look, don't let when the disappointment and the heartache comes. Don't let those things cause you to become detached and be defeated in your life. Just continue serving the Lord. Look at what it says here in 2 Corinthians 1, 4. And I mentioned part of this a minute ago, talking about God who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And you know what I think happened here? Look at here. Is this father was hurting. His son left. He's thinking to himself, I don't understand. I don't really know why this son of mine would do this to me. And here's what happened. God came to this man, this father, and he comforted him. Now watch this. And here comes the son coming back home after realizing, hey, listen, my father's servants have it better than I do. I'll just go back and be one of my father's servants. And he comes to his father, and you know what? That comfort that God gave to the father, he then took that comfort that God gave to him, and he used it to comfort his son. You see, a lot of times when a, when a wayward child comes back, many parents, even Christian parents, are not so forgiving. They're not willing to, to say, listen, uh, we, we all make mistakes. You don't deserve back in my house. There's no, there's no running to them. There's no kiss. There's no uh, show of, of affection towards them. 
But this father was a blessed man, and here's why. It's because not only had God comforted him, but then that same comfort that God comforted him, he then used it to comfort his own son. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, again, I've never been there. Some of you may have been. Some of you might find yourself there. Can I tell each one of us that we need to be like that father? And we need to be willing to look past all of it and to comfort them. Uh, this is his son. And so this son uh, comes home to a father that, you know what he had done? The father stayed on the porch. And that's what we need to do. Uh, when our child decides that they're going to leave, here's what we need to do. Stay consistent. Stay on the same porch. But look at the second thing. He not only stayed on the same porch, but he stayed the same person. You know, people change, don't they? When things happen in our lives, it changes us. Sometimes I talk to people, I, I was talking to, we had a great couples retreat, and I was talking to the pastor that, that uh, did our couples retreat the last two days. And I told him, I said, you know, it's evident that, it, it, I was talking about me and him, but it would apply to any of us. I said, it's evident that we are who we are today because of all that's happened in our lives. And I've seen many people that are better. They're better for what's happened in their lives. But I see many that are worse because of things that have happened in their lives. But when this son came back home, you know what he found? Dad's still the same dad. He's still my, same, he's still my father. And I, I saw here, look at, after everything, letter A, the father was still a person of faith. I mentioned this just a minute ago that, you know, sometimes trials change a person. But look, this father, never, he never lost hope. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? Well, look here. I don't believe it's reading between the lines of the Word of God. But he had to be looking down the road, did he not? I mean, I don't know how far away the sun was. A mile? Half mile? Quarter mile? But I see that the father never stopped looking. That means he had hope. Today might be the day that my son would come home. He got up every day with that hope. Folks, look, that's what we've been talking about all year is that our hope is in the Lord Jesus. We have that blessed hope. The assurance in this father was the same person. He was still a person of faith. You know, he had faith to believe that God would one day bring his son back to him. Look at a couple verses here that are great for us to get a hold of. In 1 Thessalonians 5, look at the order here. Rejoice, how long? Evermore. Evermore. Pray without what? Ceasing. In what? Give thanks. Everything. Everything. And look at this. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So you look at those verses there. Every last bit of what he says in those three verses will help us to keep hope in God. You know what will help us keep hope in God? Well, look at it. Rejoice evermore. You know, just keep rejoicing in what God has done, how God has been good. Pray without ceasing. I don't think the, the father ever stopped praying for his son. And in everything, give thanks. You know why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. And I see a father here that as the son came home, guess what? He was still the same person. He was a person of faith, letter B. After all this, he was also a person of compassion. 
you ever, sometimes I read the stories in the Bible, and again, maybe I'm just a little different, but I like to sit and think about things. And, you know, you wonder sometimes how the story would have been if the son returned home to a father that was bitter. It wouldn't have been the same story, would it? It certainly wouldn't have been the same outcome. There wouldn't have been the same results. Now, I don't know, you know, after this incident in Luke 15, I don't know exactly what happened with this family, with his father and, and their relationship, but I clearly see that this was a father that was a, a father that had compassion. Not only did he see his son, but he had compassion on him. Uh, you know, many times, you, you know, you look in the Bible, there's, there's only a few places where it gives indication that the father ran. And this is one of those instances. And remember, he's running to a son who was a rebellious son, who was a selfish son. And look, I, I don't see the son necessarily. Now, he was coming back to the father, but I see the father running to his son. What a great thought here about the compassion of this man. He, he, he put his arms around his neck. He kissed him. I mean, he met his father, and his father had open arms. His father wasn't clenched fists. His father had compassion on him. And when your child who has gone astray comes home, listen now, and they want to restore fellowship, we only have one choice, and that is to allow that fellowship to be restored. Hey, think about this. God created man and man sinned in the garden. And had it not been for the Lord Jesus Christ, we would not even have a home in heaven today. You see, God came down to us. Jesus reconciled God and man back together. And what a beautiful picture here that we see. And look at a great verse here this morning, Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, look at it, forgiving one another. And here's the example, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So what do we need to do? Always be ready to forgive. There's the compassion. So the, the son comes home and guess what? His dad is still on the same porch and he's still the same person. He's a man of faith, a person of faith. And he is a person of compassion. But look at the third thing I see about the father is that he stayed after the same pursuits. I mean, when I look at this, I, no doubt grief is a powerful force. Uh, sometimes what happens is people become very depressed. I've seen sometimes parents over things that their children do, they fall into such a state of depression that they can't even ex just go through normal day-to-day -day tasks and what happens is sometimes a parent will even lose their job because they can't function, because they're, just, they're so distraught, they're so depressed, they're, in, they're stricken with grief, and they don't, they, they, you know, it's almost as if they, they've kind of go, gone into like a semi-comatose state. I've seen, I've seen the, the results of this, and in their grief, the parent doesn't just lose a child. But sometimes what happens is a parent loses everything because they don't know how to deal with this. And I, I love the fact that when I look at this story, look, this father, he was not one that fell into some kind of, you know, situation like that. Listen, remember, I just mentioned, he never lost hope. 
Look, look at the first thing I see here is that his fortunes were not lost. Look at verse 22 of, of Luke 15, verse 22. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, bring, for, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Look, he recognized as a, as, as a child of God that, that God had given him much that he had been blessed by God, and that he had worked during this time. Even while his son was away, he stayed faithful to God, and God had blessed him. And when his son came home, then guess what? He had the resources to welcome him. And I love the fact that he stayed after the same pursuits. Look, he just kept working. Now, I know sometimes, listen, sometimes it's hard when that, there's that much hurt and heartache to get up and go to work because you're thinking about it. You're thinking about all that you're dealing with. But listen, I, I find that it's during those times that God ministers to me. And, and listen, as a Christian, if there ever was a time where God wants you to shine forth in this world to where your unsaved coworkers and family members and friends see you just continuing to have faith in God, and they think to themselves, how can he get up and go to work? See, they wouldn't be able to, but God is the one that strengthens us. And when the son comes home, he, look, he hadn't lost his fortune. He had the resources, and then notice his labor had not ceased either. I mean, he, he said, bring the, the fatted calf. You know, he was able to just to, through the heartache, he, he sowed another crop. I mean, he bought and, and sold cattle. He continued to provide for his family. This father never sunk in despair it, it, the truth is, is that because he didn't, when the son did come home, guess what? The son was the benefactor of this father just continuing to have the same pursuits. Look, when we're hurting, what are we to do? Still love your family. Uh, continue to invest in others. Look at Proverbs 27. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. I, look, I know this is true, that focusing on the negatives, here's what it'll do. It'll ruin your ability to do what God has called you to do. When we focus on the negatives, it, look, isn't it easy to focus on the negatives? You know, I was talking to Brother Carl this morning, and we were just talking about the goodness of God, and certainly there's some things that Brother Carl could have just said, you know, all oh, this and that. You know, he could have had like, you guys know what the Eeyore syndrome is? You guys know who Eeyore is? Winnie the Pooh, you know, he's like, oh boy, here we go, you know, and that's kind of the way some Christians are, like that's all God does is deal them out a bad uh, thing every day of their lives, but look, uh, Brother Carl said, oh, praise God, he said, I, we, we're just thankful for this, we're thankful for each new day, we're just, you know, and, and it's so refreshing, you know, because I could have walked up, Brother Carl could have just backed up the truck and unloaded all this stuff, all that he's dealing with, all this grief, and I would have just I would have just stood there, and I, just, I would have just got heavy-hearted, you know. But I walked away from Brother Carl going, hey, that just excited me, you know. If Brother Carl can just go on for God, then I can too, you know. And that's the way we need to be. And that's the way this father was. Look, he stayed on the same porch, and he, he stayed the same person, and he had the same pursuits. But look at this fourth thing is he stayed with the same passion. Now, uh, I didn't read on to the end, but I want you to look in your Bible 
look back in this passage because you get down to where I read to where he's talking about they began to be merry in verse 24, but look at verse 25 because here's the rest of the story. Remember the Paul Harvey things? Here's the rest of the story. Look at this, verse 25. Now his eldest son, elder son, he had two boys. See, a lot of times everybody focuses on the one son. And it says here, the elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing and called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, thy brother is come and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, there's the father again, and entreated him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured, look, the father already knew what the prodigal did. But here's the elder son, he's got to dig it up, he's, he's got to remind dad, hey, listen, dad, let me tell you, don't forget what he's done. And it says right here, he says, he says, he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. Now here's what I see is, I see the father's love was tested not by one son, but by both sons. Both of these boys tested him. Notice, first of all, I see a complaining son. I mean, as soon as, as, soon as dad had thrown his arms around the prodigal and, and hugged his neck and kissed him and had compassion and, and, and made over him, here comes the, the older son. And when you see his reaction, it must have disgusted the father to hear how his older son felt. I mean, instead of being glad, look, folks, look, if somebody wanders away, and they come back, we ought to be glad. Because according to the passage, they were dead, but now they're alive. And, and here's the son, and he's, he, is, he does not have the same sentiment as the father. And notice that the father has compassion for both of his sons. Look at Luke 15 and verse 31. He says again, thou art ever with me. All that I have, he says, is thine. The Bible says, fret not thyself, because of evildoers. You know, look, be, be glad for what you have, how God has blessed you. Look, I'm going to tell you something. My parents, I, I pray, I pray, and I've witnessed to them, I pray that they are saved. But even if my parents are not, and I pray they are, there's not many days that go by consecutively where I don't thank God for the parents that I have. My parents raised me, they, they taught me morals. Now, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, I didn't have that aspect, but I'll tell you, because of the upbringing that I had and the love that I did have and the compassion that I did have, I'm where I am today because of that. And I see a son here who, who is complaining, but look, even though that eldest son complained, I love how the passage ends, and here's how it ends, where we begin, look at it, I see a consistent father. See, through all of it, through the son going away and wasting everything and then coming back empty. And, and, and honestly, look, I guarantee you, that son that wandered away, he didn't look the same when he returned. You ever, you, you ever see my, my wife, 
Whenever I was, first met my wife, she's the second of five girls. Her sister, oldest sister, is one year older than my wife. And when I first met my wife, my, her sister, her older sister, and her looked very much alike. Matter of fact, there were a couple times early on I thought they were twins. And as the years have progressed, if I stood my wife right here and stood her sister, Michelle, right next to her, you would look at them and you would think that Michelle is either my wife's mother or her aunt. And the reason is because of all that she has done in her life and the toll of all of that on her life. And folks, it does. It wears on people. And you see this a lot, how uh, all that people go through. And, and I see here a father that was consistent. He loved both of his sons. Look, I think this is a father that prayed for both of his sons. I believe he's a father that provided for them. Look, none of my children are the same. All four of my children are different. But guess what? I love them all the same. I pray for them all the same. I try to provide for all of them the same. Uh, I, 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 try to, I try not to prefer, prefer one over the other. And when this father begins to deal with the complaining son, he, he begins to tell him, he says, look, I, I just wanted your brother to understand how glad my heart is that he's home. And he says, what I did was to show that, that I was fully forgiving him of what he had done. And he loved this son uh, who had a broken heart. He loved the son also that had remained faithful. He loved both of them for who they were. Look, as a parent, we need to not neglect the faithful and make over the prodigal. And sometimes that's what we do is, is many times we, we pay all the focus to the one that has come home. But listen, let's make sure that we're paying attention to those ones that have stayed with us, the ones that have been faithful, the ones that have done what they should have done. See, this is a great picture of consistency here. When I think of God, look, folks, I think how consistent God is with us, right? God loves us. I, I know this, there's been times that I've wandered away. And you know, even in my wondering, God still loves us. Here's a great verse in the Bible. How about this one? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's always been faithful. He's always been consistent in our life. So this story wouldn't have had this happy ending if the father would have left the porch. If the father uh, would have turned from his faith in God, if the father would have changed his convictions that he had for the family, it wouldn't have ended the same, but he did stay on that same porch. He stayed the same person, a man of faith. You know, he had the same pursuits. And he was a man that had the same passion. You know, the prodigal, he took much from the father, but listen, he didn't take what the father was. You know, he took a portion of what was his father's, but guess what? He didn't take what the father was. Now, all of that stuff doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is, is that we have each other. See, it takes a lot of faith for a parent that has a prodigal to wait for their child. But when they return, what do we need to do? Here's the passage. Forgive them. Love them. You know, do all you can as a parent to restore that fellowship that was broken. 
And so what a great passage here. I've given you some things you can look at, some questions. And so again, if we're going to make homework, then don't forget to do your homework. Look through some of that. Hopefully it's a blessing to you. Next week, I'm going to teach a lesson on how to fight for your children on your knees. Fight for your children on your knees. Because look, the world's, the world's fighting for your child's attention. But a, a Christian parent, you know what they do? They do it on their knees. That's where the battle takes place. You're not with your, ch your children when they're at school. That's why you need to fight for them on your knees. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you bless the service to come. Thank you for all that came out for this Sunday school hour. Thank you for the Word of God. What a great encouragement to us as adults, as parents, Lord, that if a child does rebel, that we would not question the convictions that we have that come from the Word of God, that we would just stay consistent, and that we would have faith in you, and Lord, that we would believe that you will bring them back to us one day. And we thank you again for the hope that we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.